0: Welcome to the Building Resilience Podcast, where we learn all about building resilience in ourselves and helping others build it too. We draw from the principles of positive psychology and coaching to help you face adversity and do more than just survive. We want you to thrive. We are certified life coaches and speech language pathologists, and we will help you manage your mind, your emotions, and become the very best version
1: of yourself. Version 2.0. Let's get started. This is Heather Stables and Leah Davidson, and this is the Building Resilience podcast, episode six, Two Voices in Our Head. Welcome back, everybody. I hope you've been enjoying our podcast so far. We are enjoying delivering it to you, as you can tell. We are trying to keep our podcast quite short, like 10 and 20 minutes. That being said, our next couple of podcasts might be longer based on the topics. And they also might be longer when we have guests, which we plan to do. But we wanna make our podcast easy to listen to, easily digestible. You know, our brain loves short chunks. Today, we're gonna talk more about two voices in our head. Did you know that we have two voices in our head?
0: Only two voices? I thought we had more. (laughs) It feels like more sometimes in my head. So as SLPs, we've spent a lot of time helping people with the words that come out of their mouth, helping them with their speech. And we've also helped them with what words get on paper, which is the text or the written language. But then there are the words in your head, and these are your thoughts. So I'm not sure if we realize how much our words in our thoughts matter, because they do. They carry a lot of weight. There are a lot of subtle differences between using certain words. So it's important to choose certain words because of the type of feelings they can bring on. For example, think of the difference between struggle versus challenge or perfection versus progress.
1: Failure versus learning blame versus responsibility. So choosing our words. You know, the ones that we speak out loud or the ones we say in our heads or our thoughts. That's something that you're going to hear us talking about over and over. We need to be choosing these words and thoughts as carefully as possible. But before anything else, we need to build awareness of what these words are. We need to get in tune with our thoughts because our thoughts drive everything.
0: So today we're going to talk about who is actually saying the words in your head. By the end of today's episode, I want you to be able to name your two voices. That sounds funny, I know, but it is so helpful that we give them names and even a personality that goes along with those voices. So we're gonna start talking about the brain, which is one of our favorite topics. We love the brain. We love learning about the brain. We understand parts of the brain. We respect it. We know enough to know how much we don't know. So let's be upfront about that. We've devoted the past 15 to 20 years of our career specifically to helping people with brain injuries. And we've also taken a deeper dive into our own brain it's not always pretty. We know personally and professionally what happens when our brain is
1: functionally optimally and also when it's not. Today, we're going to be talking about the brain in the simplest terms possible. I mean, super simple, like a gross <laughs> oversimplification, but good for the purposes of our discussion. The brain is, com- is so complex. We could talk about it all day long. And there's a ton that we don't know. And researchers and neuroscience It's constantly learning more. We're constantly reading and taking courses and workshops and digging deeper into what researchers are finding. We're learning stuff daily and it changes all the time. So the simple breakdown of the brain is what we're going to do today. We found it so helpful and our clients find it super helpful too. So I just want to make sure that you know that we know that we're simplifying a lot.
0: (laughs) That's right. So let's review the brain it's made up of different parts with different functions. But like we said, we're just going to divide it into two main parts today. So the first part. Now this comes with a whole bunch of names. The lower brain, the primitive brain, the reptilian brain. It's really the oldest part. Now neuroscience has actually shown that this is not exactly accurate with how the brain has developed and evolved. But as I said, we want to keep oversimplifying things to be able to illustrate some of the different brain functions. But again, the brain is far more complex. I love to call it the monkey brain. Not because I'm implying that our brain was a monkey's brain or that it's evolved. Rather, I'm all about the visual. And Tim Urban has a TED Talk called Master Procrastinator, where he talks about the monkey brain and he's the cutest little monkey and it's such a great visual. So for me, I refer to this part of my brain as the monkey. So we'll link to the show notes to his talk because I want you to be able to see that visual as
1: well. Mm -hmm. So this is called the old brain, which traditionally has been said to include the areas closest to the spinal cord. Essentially, the brainstem, the medulla, the pons, the reticular formation, the thalamus, the cerebellum, the amygdala, the hypothalamus, and hippocampus. But like we said, we're keeping we're it keeping simple. We're keeping it simple. So so we could we could say all of those things and refer to the or or refer to the old brain. So so let's just call it the old brain. But the important thing is it's just the, the general label that we're using to identify these parts of the brain and they regulate the basic functions such as breathing, moving, resting, feeding, emotions and memory. So rather than label each individual area, which was kind of fun, we're gonna refer to it. <laughs> <laughs> as the old brain.
0: It certainly so, is a mouthful if you don't refer to it as the old brain.
1: I really like the amygdala. Anyway, so basically <laughs> the primary goal of the old brain is survival and it's wired to detect threats to our safety in order to keep us alive.
0: So this is a part of our brain or this part of our brain has three main goals. It's all about seeking pleasure, avoiding pain and conserving energy. So I want you to think total indulgence, staying safe, all things easy. It wants what it wants and now, like a toddler or a cute little monkey. Think immediate gratification. It does not care about the long term. It is all about the short term. Give it to me now. It wants to sit back and just enjoy life. Stay on the couch watching Netflix eating popcorn all day long. That is where monkey wants to be. And Tim Urban actually calls it the dark playground, which I totally love. That's why I love that TED Talk. You've got to check it out. I love that
1: too. And easy is another goal. Conserve energy, rinse and repeat. Now it's important to note that the monkey does not evaluate whether things are right or wrong. All the monkey cares about is easy. We've done this before. It's like we already have a pathway built to do this. There is actually a highway built. It doesn't even matter which highway you're taking and where you want to go or where you don't want to go. It's just easier being on that highway than building a new path. And it also really wants to avoid pain. Think of it like a security scanner at the airport, except everything that goes through the scanner sends the alarm bells off, whether it's dangerous or not.
0: That totally reminds me of a story of years ago we were traveling and we were in South south africa and we were pulled aside because my stepdaughter had something in her bag that had set the alarm off now this was a bit surprising to us because we had already gone through security in toronto where we live as well as in england in london and here we were they were pulling her aside and i was telling them there's nothing in her bag and they were like no 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 there's something in her bag we've got to find it well it ended up being a fork that was at the bottom of her bag, she had forgotten to take it out from one of her school lunches, but it totally sounded the alarm bell as if it was a weapon. And that is exactly what Monkey does for us. He scans everything. He sees a fork and he's like, we're going to die. They have a fork. Monkey is doing his job when he's trying to protect us like that
1: hmm So monkey interprets things in our life that are not necessarily dangerous as threats to our survival. So he's constantly on the lookout and he's good at his job, except some of the modern day threats are really not threats. Modern day threats could be starting a business. It could be discomfort, choosing a new path or a belief, trying something new, like running, following through on a commitment. No way does the brain want to do these things because... This could lead to the worst thing that could ever happen in life, which is a feeling, or failure, or rejection, which our dramatic old monkey brain interprets as a threat to our survival. So
0: let's clear the air. Our old brain is designed to be efficient, but this comes at a cost. It does this by repeating our thinking patterns so that they become hardwired. Our thinking becomes automatic and effortless. Much of our thinking is actually even unconscious. So I want you to think of the things that we do on autopilot, like driving to work, tying our shoes, brushing our teeth. Now, the benefit of that is it frees up space for your brain to do other things, like all the things you need to do on your to-do list. The limitation of functioning in this default mode is that the old brain will continue to do what it's comfortable and familiar to do even if it's not serving you anymore. So that becomes a problem for your old brain when you want to do things like set goals or build healthy habits or grow, evolve, or change if you want to recruit the competing higher brain to
1: help you out. The brain this part of the brain is also pretty bossy you know monkey is determined he's gotten you this far in life he wants to convince you that whatever change you want to make uh, money weight exercise relationships business is a terrible idea it interprets all of this as threats or danger he wants to avoid all things hard uncomfortable and painful i want you to think of your life as if you're driving a car we don't want monkey driving. He doesn't have a license. He's a terrible <laughs> driver. He has no idea where he's going. He picks the same route every day and he takes us to different places. He doesn't know any better. He's He's got terrible choice in music. He brings the worst snacks. He always asks, are we there yet? Even though he's driving, because he doesn't really know where he's going. He just keeps asking. He takes a lot of pit stops. So like monkey isn't, he's not the driver. He shouldn't be driving. And so for so many of us, he is the main driver.
0: But it's important to remember that we actually love Monkey. We don't want to get rid of him even if we could. Monkey is awesome because Monkey is looking out for us. He wants to make sure that we stay alive. So it's not like we want to get rid of Monkey. We want him to hang around. We want him to be with us but we don't want him driving us around. We don't want to leave him in charge all the time.
1: Now let's talk about the other part of our brain. Of course we have other parts of our brain, but we're <laughs> but we're just gonna zoom in on one. I think we've enough... made
0: that pretty clear that we know that there's many other parts of our brain, <laughs> even though we're just discussing these two parts.
1: <laughs> yeah. This part is referred to the new brain, the higher brain, the rational brain. It's found at the front of our brain and it's called the prefrontal cortex. This is the part that thinks more strategically and critically. It's interested in long-term results, not just immediate pleasure like the monkey. It has a vision. It wants to set goals. It wants to keep progressing and growing and evolving. It can evaluate risks, make better decisions, and because of that, it often makes better choices.
0: So we like to call this part of the brain, the CEO, because it's all about long-term vision creates the mission statement and the values that it wants to live by. It creates the plans and organizes and supervises the frontline workers and managers. It's motivated to grow and change and learn. Now this is the part of the brain, instead of avoiding pain, seeking pleasure and doing what's easy. It wants to do the opposite. It wants to seek growth, embrace discomfort and take action and do things to wisely create even small changes that can have a massive effect in our lives. So this brain wants you to think about thinking and feeling and doing and achieving new things. It wants you to believe in goals and create a plan. It wants you to commit and stay focused and monitor and evaluate your progress. Wants to coach you on how to get what you want. It knows what you don't know how to do and it wants you to do it. Anyways, it knows that discomfort leads to growth. So it's the place that we go to when we want to introduce strategies to manage our thoughts or change them or when we even want to develop new habits.
1: Mm-hmm. And on a side note this is actually the part of the brain that we work a lot with as SLPs with our clients who suffered traumatic brain injuries um, from accidents. This is the area of the brain that most often gets damaged and many of the accidents our clients are involved in. And this is the area where executive functions are housed. So that's planning and working memory and attention inhibition, self-monitoring, self-regulation. So this area is a really big deal. You can see the contrast between the two parts of the brain and their goals and functions. So they, they both are very much needed, but they're both very much in competition with each other and they have different opinions. So the monkey brain wants to stay comfy and safe and our higher rational brain wants to grow and evolve. Now here is the real challenge. Both can't be in charge at the same time only one can be in the driver's seat. So if the monkey's driving, the CEO is not. So we really want to choose which part of the brain we let into the driver's seat.
0: And we have to remember that monkey is pretty powerful. He's been around a lot and he wants to be heard. Now I call his voice like the talking self voice. He is the talking part of my brain. It's often the voice that is the loudest in my mind. He likes to constantly be chattering. He is like that ticker tape at the bottom of the screen giving like the updates, the headlines, his opinions. And the thing about Monkey is it seems, at least in my brain, that he has a whole team working for him. I often think of him as a gang leader or the head of the mean club because he loves to criticize, to judge, to talk down. Basically, he's talking a lot of trash. And he does it so well and he wants to be heard. So he's insistent and unrelenting. And we end up wanting to listen to him because he's so pervasive and so loud. He'll turn up the volume full blast when you think about changing things. He will protest like a toddler. He'll have tantrums. Because he's cross-checking everything with, is this pleasurable? Does it avoid pain? Is it easy? And if it's not, he's like, I'm out. We're not doing this.
1: (laughs) Now, our CEO is so much better. She can operate from a state of self-compassion. She can be logical and rational and think clearly. She knows she doesn't have to listen to the monkey. But while he's yelling at in her ear all the time, it's hard for her to do anything. In an upcoming episode, we'll talk more about how to really, really start listening to to her. We want to hear her. We want to hear what she has to say. If we think of them like two different radio stations, monkeys playing so loud we have a tendency just to listen to him. But because he seems so dominant and pushy, he just keeps talking. So we need to consciously change the channel or at least turn the monkey down sometimes. We need to stop listening to the one who talks so much and tune into the quieter one who gives all of the wisdom. Essentially, we need our brain not to talk so much, but to listen a lot more to the wisdom that we have. Less talking, more listening. And that kind of ties into the idea One mouth, two ears, less talking, more listening. Our CEO is like the listening side of our brain.
0: I love that. We have to listen more than we talk, for sure. So, next, I want to talk about anticipation and the power of being aware and anticipating anticipating what voices we will hear, what the voices will say and who is saying the voices. So this is really powerful. When we hear monkeys start to talk, we should not be surprised. And we can be prepared with a compassionate answer back. So this is why I personally love labeling my voices. That's why I go with monkey and CEO. And I refer to them when I work with my clients as monkey and CEO. That works well for me. I know that other people actually give them separate names too. I know Heather, in one training that we did, they called it the judge and the sage. Mm -hmm. So you can give it whatever names you want, but basically one is going to be to identify the old brain and the other one is to identify the new brain. So if I know that monkey is all about survival, immediate gratification, pleasure, no pain, doing what's easy, then I can look at what I'm planning on doing and anticipate what monkey is going to say. I can be prepared for it. So in other episodes, we'll talk more about how we answer to monkey. We'll give you some strategies on how to handle him. But for now, awareness is the key. Just like we talked about in episode three, we have to get aware. I want you to listen to what is being said in your brain. What are your thoughts? What is driving your behavior? And then you can start to see who's driving your car. That is the most important part. You have to ask yourself where these thoughts are coming from and what goals are they trying to serve? Who are they trying to serve? My monkey? The immediate gratification, short-term, easy, comfortable, fun. Or my CEO, are they longer-term, vision, delayed gratification? Now, again, we aren't saying you never listen to monkey. We also want to have fun and do some easy things, but we don't want to be living on default. We want to get to decide who drives our car and not just be driven around wherever monkey wants to go.
1: Mm-hmm. And once you start paying attention, you'll be amazed at the nonstop chatter that happens in your brain. Monkey is a constant. Don't bother doing this. You won't be able to finish it. You won't finish anything. Even right now, your monkey's saying, why are you listening to her? We're fine the way we are. Please and don't I stop listening. And I think your monkey
0: sounds like so sweet and kind. It's just like, you'll never finish this. My young monkey is is usually like really harsh and yelling at me. And it's pretty mean. I think Heather, you've got such a nice little monkey, very polite. And
1: <laughs> Why are you listening to her?
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Okay. That's what my monkey's saying.
1: And sometimes it's easy to identify the speaker, you know, the mean comments, the ones that have us doubt ourselves, the ones that prevent us from trying new things, the ones that give us or give into immediate pleasure. We can tell where they're coming from. They're coming from the monkey, but sometimes it's harder. Sometimes monkey's tricky and sneaky, and we'll hear things like, that's not who you are you deserve a break. No one can handle this. It won't hurt just this once. So these comments may seem innocent, but they don't serve you. And they serve you in in terms of staying safe. They might prevent you from trying things, prevent you from growing, keep you forever in your comfort zone. So I want you to notice them and begin to identify the speaker of your thoughts. Which voice are they coming from? Are these thoughts about immediate gratification or are they about long-term vision? Are they driven out of fear? Am I really in danger? Or are they driven out of discomfort of growth? Will they serve me in the longer term? All important questions to ask. Now, be careful when you're starting to label the voices to not get all judgy about how many monkey thoughts you have, because we all have them. And the monkey's really good at judging the monkey. So it's normal. Your brain is doing an excellent job keeping you safe. You can even thank monkey for doing what he thinks is best, but it's not necessary to freak out all of the time.
0: That's right. So the last thing I want to touch on is I want to mention the teenage brain. I bring this up because, well, I've got five kids and it has helped knowing about the teenage brain. I think it's important and helpful to note that the prefrontal cortex, so that higher brain, the CEO, is not fully established until at least the age of 25, and some even say 28 for males, which means that the CEO that we rely on is not quite there or is slowly developing. So when our teens do things that aren't the smartest and we say things like, what were you thinking? They literally can turn around and say, I wasn't thinking because monkey was in charge. So two of my five kids are living at home right now, two boys, 15 and almost 18. And the idea of seeking pleasure, immediate gratification, avoiding pain, doing what's easy is very, very, very real. And unfortunately, nothing has gone wrong. This is their brain. But that is also why they greatly benefit from guidance and parenting. And they do need some guidelines, some structure, and they need help with implementing things, planning things out for the long term. So I have a running joke with my son where I'll be gently encouraging him in my terms, or I think probably nagging in his terms, to get something done. And then it doesn't get done. And sometimes I will resort to even saying to him that even his monkey is so frustrated with him that he has called me to say that I've got to step in and help out. So we have a good laugh, but it is super helpful for me as a parent to understand where his mind is at. It does allow me to come from a place of compassion and makes me less worried about pulling the mom card, as I call it, which are basically the things that I know he doesn't want to do, but I know are good for him, I can pull the mom card and do things and not feel guilty about it because I know I'm helping him out. I'm being the interim CEO. I'm helping his CEO learn the ropes. And helping your teen understand what is going on in their brain is really helpful, too, because life is pretty heavy and confusing for them, especially during a time like the pandemic, when everything has been thrown off for them. It's really tough on our teenagers and young adults. We need to remember that their CEO is a baby CEO, just learning and taking it all in, and they can do with our support.
1: Mm-hmm. So whether you're a parent, an aunt, an older cousin, or a teacher, a coach, a leader, it's important that we're available to help them and support them as they continue to learn to be CEO. And as they get older, we need to let them take on more of the rule to figure things out and make mistakes, you know, trial and error, but it's helpful to know what's going on brain-wise with them. So that's what we've got for you this week. Two parts of your brain, two voices. Who are you gonna to listen to? And get curious, who is the dominant voice in your head right now? Label them and anticipate them. Personally, and Leah, I'm sure you can feel the same. <laughs> I do. I know who I wanna be listening to and I, I know who I want driving. So keep thanking Monkey, Monkey's doing his best, but turn down his volume and put him in the back seat or even the trunk and let your CEO lead. So don't forget to leave us a review on our podcast. And if you haven't already, come check out our Facebook group, the Building Resilience Club. The link is in the show notes. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Take care. Thanks.